Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back into another edition of Jake's Takes. I am your host, Jake Masucci. And today I got Jake's Takes of the Week. We're back. It's Monday. Um, I got to talk about some of the news this week. A little bit of a light week. So I went over some of the week zero stuff. I talked about some college football. We talked a lot, really just focused on USC and Notre Dame and how they did this week. And we talked about kind of what we should expect from them in the future and how this is going to lead into the future and where we'll we'll talk about them. So I talked about those two. And then I talked about the Harbaugh situation a little bit. We covered that a lot in the episode two weekends ago. So if you're or two weeks ago. So if you're interested in that, go check that one out. That one was pretty good. That was just when we thought that Harbaugh suspension wasn't going to happen at all. But now it's a three gamer. So Michigan put that put that three game suspension in and I talk about it in the episode. So yeah. And then after that, just talk about some, an NFL trade, uh, Trey Lance got traded to the Cowboys and it was very interesting trade. So kind of talked about that from both angles, both sides, uh, former number three pick and traded. So it's kind of unbelievable. And yeah, that's pretty much the episode. It's a very light week, very short episode. So sit back, Relax, and I'm going to cue the music. All right. Welcome back into the show. And we are on, I believe, episode 37, which is unbelievable. Things are going great here. And... We got Jake's Takes of the Week, so I'm just going to get started with talking about some stuff. Um, Really not too much news, not too much news. I'm going to start in college football because this was week zero. And if you really look at it it from a big-time perspective, like the big-time games, it's probably Notre Dame and USC. So let's talk about those two games first. And um, we got to look at Notre Dame. They ended up beating Navy. 42 to 3 in unbelievable fashion. And if you're looking at it from a Notre Dame football perspective, you're like, Sam Hartman is that guy because he was flat out unbelievable in this game. I mean, I I wasn't able to watch this full game, but I mean I checked the score about third quarter-ish, and I was like, oh, maybe maybe Navy could keep this close. No, they didn't keep it close at all. And uh, looking at Hartman's stats, he was just flat out unbelievable. He was 19 for 23, 251 passing yards and four touchdowns. Like, that's just ridiculous passing. And bringing in a guy like Sam Hartman, it's like, okay, he's going to up your offense, and you're definitely going to be way more impactful at that end. And that's just what it was. Like, they were just so good. And looking at their running backs, Audric Esman with 16 attempts, 95 yards. You love having a guy that can get five yards a carry. Uh, Jeremiah Love, their second running back, did well with four carries, 40 yards. And they got some decent receivers in Jaden Greathouse, who had two touchdowns, three receptions, 68 yards. I mean, they got some decent receivers, got some decent athletes. Again, it's only against Navy, so this was kind of expected. But looking at Notre Dame's schedule coming up, like this is definitely going to be very interesting. They're going to have Central, which will actually be kind of a cool game. But uh, they're also going to be playing Ohio State that next week at home, so that will definitely be interesting. And they're going to be playing some tough teams. They got Ohio State. They got USC. 
They got Clemson. I mean, those three schools, that's very difficult. So starting out this strong if you're Notre Dame, that's absolutely huge. And Sam Hartman taking these steps and showing that not bad teams aren't going to compete with us. We're just going to flat out dominate and only have to, he only had to play three quarters. I mean, it's just very impressive stuff that I saw from Hartman. And I talked about it a lot on the college football preview I did last week. I was like, this is going to be interesting. I'm not sure what to expect from this Notre Dame team. And that's why I had them as kind of my sleeper. It was like, I wasn't really sure what I, what to expect from them. And they really showed me that they're going to be for real and it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm excited to see them. Their next few games are going to be interesting they got Tennessee State at home and then they go to NC State which might be a little bit of a sleeper I get it NC State doesn't have Devin Leary anymore or anything crazy like that but they have been bringing him some talent and they they're a solid ACC team so that I think will be an interesting game I think that would probably be the next time I kind of check in on them because I'm assuming they'll just handle Tennessee State again last year they lost to Marshall and had some trouble last year but I'm thinking with Notre Dame I'm thinking they might be for real this year, and I'm excited to see them with a real quarterback in Sam Hartman. We haven't seen that in a while, in a long time. So if their defense can step up the way they did yesterday and their offense can play with that explosion. like People were nervous without Michael Meyer this year, but it seems like this offense has some flow, so I'm excited to see what Notre Dame can show in the future. Now let's look at the other game, USC-San Jose State. A lot of people had this being a solid game. I was very interested in this game. Um, San Jose State can have a pretty solid offense, and they showed it early. I um, came home came home from a movie with my family, and I just sat down to watch the game, and like we were, we lost power all week, so it was a it was a rough week. So I got home, we finally had power, and I was like, I got to turn on this USC game. This would be a lot of fun, and it was only. Seven point game at halftime. It's twenty one fourteen, and USC like they were doing some stuff, but Caleb Williams didn't have as much time as I expected. And the receivers, while there was some athleticism, it wasn't crazy. And I mean, looking at the offense, like they ended up winning this game fifty six twenty eight. So they kind of put it open in the second half. And the drive I watched, Caleb Williams just flat out controlled it, and he had an unbelievable game too. Eighteen for twenty five from the. Uh, passing 278 yards and four touchdowns he was just flat out incredible and then a guy like Austin Jones was great two six receptions 54 yards two touchdowns Marshawn Lloyd had nine receptions 42 yards I heard a lot of good things about him so those two might be super dynamic but like looking at this 28 points to San Jose State it's just a little shocking, and I get it. Like San Jose State's a solid offense like I was saying that's why some people thought it would be interesting but the defense just didn't look great. They weren't tackling well, just like last year. Tackling had always been a problem for them. So looking at it that way, it's like a lot of people thought USC would be taking steps up this year. I mean, including me, I thought their defense would be a little better, and they tried really hard to get better on that end. But I didn't see it. I didn't see it, man. Like San Jose State was able to have their way on offense. They were able to do some stuff. Looking at their quarterback, their quarterback ended up 21 for 38, 198. So, yes, they forced a lot of incompletions and a lot of short throws. But three touchdowns and zero picks. Like USC was known for at least getting some turnovers last year. And this year, no turnovers at all. And, I mean, San Jose State was running all over them, too. If you look at if you look at their running backs, um, Shevin Cordero had 10, 10 rushes, 52 yards, which is great. And then Qual Conley was great also with six carries, 108 yards. It's like if you're running that well on them and passing that well on them, it's not – 
you know, like that's not good, especially for USC that needs to be such a dynamic defense because yes, like they were fantastic last year, but looking at their schedule coming up, like they got some tough games. They got some really tough games. Um, if you look at some of the conference games, they got Utah at home, which is absolutely huge. And having Washington at home is absolutely huge as well, but you're going at Colorado. That's going to be tough. You got D on the effect, and, you know, that'll be interesting. But at Notre Dame is the game I'm really looking at. Like, he's – Notre Dame's tough. They're very tough. And, like, looking at USC and Notre Dame, we talked about it. They, I mean, they're both kind of similar. Notre Dame with more questions. But, like, I feel like I have more of those questions answered. My questions with USC was about the defense. And the defense just hasn't answered my questions. They just haven't. They didn't tackle well. It didn't look good. So you're playing Nevada and you're playing Stanford, which is two very winnable games. So, and then you play Arizona State, Colorado. It starts heating up a little bit. And the first real test will be Notre Dame. So I need to see a lot more improvement from USC before I'm saying they're a playoff team because I didn't have them in my playoff. I thought the Pac-12 was just going to beat each other up like they did last year. And I don't think this USC team is that dominant. I just don't. I think Utah with a healthy cam rising could be scary for them. I also think Washington could be scary for them. A lot of people are high on Washington. I'm one of those people. I like them this year. I don't love them completely, but I do like them. The Pac-12 is very difficult. It's going to be it's going to be very interesting. They also play at Oregon later, which will that'll be a tough game. So, looking at it that way, USC I'm excited for them. But their defense, they just got to figure something out. They really do. They just got to figure it out. And it'll be interesting. I guess we'll see, you know. All right, let's move into the Jim Harbaugh situation. I talked about it a little bit. I think it was two weeks ago about how the suspension was overturned by the NCC, uh, sorry, the NCAA Board of Directors. And now that's just gone because Michigan decided to suspend him on their own, which I think this was just a hope to um, not have this affect Harbaugh in the future and just kind of get it out of the way now. It's a three-game suspension, so um, he's not going to be missing many games. Like East Carolina is probably the only one we talked about that will actually be a big effect in him leaving because I do think East Carolina could compete a little bit with Michigan, so I guess we'll see there. But, again, like I I really covered this last time, so I'm not going to cover it too much. But looking at the Jim Harbaugh suspension, it's not that big of a deal just because Michigan's schedule is so light, and they're definitely going to be fine. Like, this team is so talented and so effective, and they have a plan for these three games. Like, they're very planned out. They're script-oriented. It's going to be okay if you're a Michigan fan. I would not be too worried about the suspension, and I'm excited to see kind of where it leads you know it's going to be interesting to see a hardball list Michigan and a lot of people keep talking about hardball probably leaving in the future I guess we'll see there there's a lot of a lot of stuff with the NCAA and he doesn't really like the AD a lot so I guess we'll see I don't know as a Michigan fan I want him to stay he's been great for Michigan uh early when I was growing up Michigan stunk they were just bad and it's just not fun having those teams so like I think some Michigan fans are taking this these seasons for granted I'm not I love this this is playoff we're we're playing for playoff football every single year which is awesome it's flat out awesome we beat Ohio State for the first two times pretty much since I've been a Michigan fan these past two years, and it's been awesome. It's been great. So as a Michigan fan, I want Harbaugh to stay. I want him to be 
Michigan for life. I mean, I just do. It's what I want. But I guess we'll see. Whatever happens, happens. Um, I think the suspension is good. Like, try to not make the NCAA decide to do worse than a four-gamer. So a three-gamer will probably be good for Michigan to do. And, again, don't think it's going to be too big of a problem. I'm excited to see how Michigan will do without him, though. All right, let's move on. Um, I want to move into the NFL, and there was a trade that was announced while I was actually at the Tigers game on Friday, and that was very interesting. It was Trey Lance trade, and this one is very interesting, like extremely interesting. Um, I was shocked. I was shocked. I was in Tiger Stadium. We were leaving an unbelievable Comerica game Tigers versus Astros and remember Marty Hanna loves that those Astros those are on the past Jake's takes if you didn't check those out but um and Meadows just hits an amazing home run and the Tigers had been no hit before the eighth inning so like it was awesome it was flat out awesome it was so great and I I was super excited and then going home uh, or like we were at the game and AJ's like, Trey Lance just got traded. And I was like, what? That's crazy. I got to talk about this on Jake's takes on Monday. So we're here Monday and I'm talking about it. Uh, Trey Lance traded to the Dallas Cowboys. They got a fourth rounder for him, the 49ers. But if you're looking at it from the 49ers perspective, it's just so disappointing because Trey Lance could have been something really special in their system and people were raving about him before the year last year super exciting stuff and I mean the Bears game it's a tough estimate but he didn't even look that bad I'm very high on the fact that he didn't look that bad and anybody playing in that kind of storm monsoon isn't gonna look great it's just the truth but he still threw for 250 yards he had one touchdown and two interceptions it's not a great game but it's not bad either. And yes, they lost the game. But also, it leads, like, the 49ers were passing slash running offense. The Bears are complete running offense. Fields was the least in the league in passing attempts. So looking at it that way, advantage goes to Bears. And the Bears were trying to compete at the beginning of the year. They were. They just flat out were. A lot of people had them near last. And they wanted to prove some prove a point. And winning in a monsoon... I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's just hard to gauge. And then the next game, he just tears his ACL. It's horrible. It just flat out is. And looking at Brock Purdy, he was unbelievable last year and 100% deserves the job, 100%. And a lot of people can be nervous, like, oh, he's not even winning the backup job. Sam Darnold's beating him in the backup job. It's probably just a confidence thing. That's what happens to a lot of these guys after injuries. They've got to get their confidence back and be slow on it. So I'm hoping this fresh start is really going to help him. He can just be a backup and learn under Dak. You know, he's got no pressure to come out and start right away. I think this could really rejuvenate his career and be like, okay, I could start figuring some stuff out here. I'm rooting for Trey Lance. I'm not sure if it will work out. I mean, this is just tough. It's very tough to get over the hump and get back and you know, really be that, be that guy that you were sought out to be. Like people thought that he would just be unbelievable. So I'm really intrigued in what's going to happen here. Um, he's going to be backing up Dak and I don't see any like real competition between them. I could see Dak starting the next couple of years and maybe it leads to Dak leaving in the future. If Trey Lance is doing that well off the bench behind him. But if you're the Cowboys, why not take the swing? You know, this guy, 
the 49ers traded up for him for a reason. So, it, like, Kyle Shanahan, a whisperer of quarterbacks, he knows what he wants. So, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Um, I'm rooting for Trey Lance, but it's a very interesting trade, and I was shocked when I heard the news. I was like, wow, you only went for a mid-fourth, you know? It, it's very interesting, and I'm excited for it. All right, that is going to wrap up Jake's takes for today. This is episode 37, and we're concluding with that. Very short episode today, and this is going to be a very light week. We might be coming at you Friday. Not sure yet. Haven't decided. Um, I kind of want to do a preview show, but we'll see. There's definitely going to be an episode coming at you. Probably not Monday morning. It'll most likely be Monday night. But I'll be talking about the college football games and some of that stuff. But I'm headed to Purdue for the weekend. So it's definitely going to end up being a Monday night thing that will come out. It will come out Monday night to Tuesday instead of the normal Monday schedule. But I'm headed to the Purdue-Fresno game. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm going to see my buddy Drew Comer that's been on the podcast a lot. So we'll see how his Boilermakers do this week. But anyway, that's going to wrap up the podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening, watching, wherever you're at. I really appreciate all the support, and I'll be back at you guys next time. Peace.